0: Hello, this is Naked Nerd telling you to listen to the Naked Nerd podcast, where we talk about body positivity, nudism, naturism, and everything nerdy in between. Listen to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. As I say in the podcast, live nude and be yourself. Stay tuned. Hello, Naked Peeps, and you're listening to another episode of The Naked Nerd. I'm your host, The Naked Nerd. How are you doing, everyone? First of all, I'd like to say a great thank you to everyone who listened to my previous episode, uh, at the start of season two. I'd also like to give a big shout out to everyone who sent their well wishes again. Um, it was actually really comforting to see uh, the number of listeners who emailed and the number of listeners who actually responded to my episode. So thank you very much. i um, also like to give a big shout out to everyone, everyone uh, who celebrated Bi-Visibility Day yesterday. So for those of you who do not know, so yesterday was a celebration of, of bisexual awareness. Uh, so for those of you who have not listened to my show, I am bisexual. I personally identify myself as a bisexual cis male. Uh, which basically means that I was born a male and identify myself as a male, um, as a man who identifies as bisexual, that I like both, uh, actually I like multiple genders, so I like both male and female. Um, And for me, it's, as I've been saying, it's been a long life struggle, uh, because one, I didn't actually know until... Uh, my early 20s that there was such uh, a definition that could apply to me. And it's something that a lot of people uh, tend to have issue with uh, in terms of how they deal with, it, with their own lives, their own identification. Um, but I myself identify as a, as a bisexual cis male. Uh, whatever you identify with is perfectly fine. Uh, as long as you uh, are proud of that particular identification. Now, as a bisexual male, it's my duty to keep everyone informed about what to say and what not to say. For example, uh, if anyone ever comes out to uh, to you as bisexual, the first thing you should not say is, Oh, so um, does that mean you've been with both, uh, male and female? Uh you don't necessarily have to be physically with both a male and a female person to actually have uh, that uh, to identify as bisexual. You don't necessarily have to be in a straight or gay relationship uh, to not be a bisexual. It just means that you have a particular liking to both uh, man and fe- male and female. Um, you can also be uh, non-binary and identify yourself as bisexual. Um, you can also uh, be in a gay relationship, you can be in a straight relationship and, and be bisexual. You may not necessarily have to have been with either uh, male or female to identify uh, as bisexual. It's all a spectrum and you should respect people as such. So. Uh, you should never ask uh, if you've ever been with either male or female to the person who's actually coming out as bisexual. Nor you should uh, say something along the lines of, but if you had to, which would you choose or which would you prefer? Because that basically puts that particular person on the spot and it completely devalues what they've just said to you. And you should never ever say, oh, but if you haven't been with such and such, how do you know? Um... Because it's something that for most people it's a really offensive question. Uh, for others, it's just something that you wouldn't really ask. For a straight person, would would you prefer a straight person to ask you? So how did you know you liked women, or how would, or oh, how did you know you liked men? Um, you just don't a- a- ask certain questions like that because that's really putting people on the spot. But I digress, people. Because we should all get along fabulously with each other, because in this great world of ours, particularly now, we need to be connected to each other. Um, but in today's episode, I'm actually going to be talking about something that's less to do with connection and something that I actually wanted to talk about for for ages. Now, in a previous podcast, not this particular one, The Naked Nerd, I actually talked about this particular topic. Um so, for those of you who are Star Wars nerds, I'm going to be talking about the construction of the Death Star and how it led to the intergalactic financial ruin of the Empire. Now, um, many, many years ago, I actually wanted to do a PhD on the uh, global financial crisis. And it got me thinking about how the Death Star in Star Wars would have caused its own financial crisis on an intergalactic scale Uh, to be able to build something that big and without real repercussions um, it would have taken some thought but money in itself would have been the first thing to uh, be thought of because you can't just build something out of nothing Uh, you have to actually have some uh, physical and financial planning and the financial planning in itself would have taken years to probably to properly uh, attain. Uh, the scale of the building of the Death Star itself um, took nearly twenty years to actually be properly built. Uh, but the actual financial side of it would have been astronomically big. Because you have to take into account the amount of people that would have had to have been contracted to actually build the Death Star itself. Uh, the amount of uh, material needed to actually build a Death Star in itself. Uh, the amount of time, the amount of, of design going into the Death Star itself would have cost a lot of money. Um, one of my friends actually sent me a link uh, years ago sent saying that uh the death star in itself would uh, cost a few septillion uh dollars so uh that's more uh that's actually multiple times billion dollars so uh, a lot a lot of money actually actually was it septillion is bigger than a billion yeah that's that's correct but Yes, that would have taken a lot of money. Because think about it. Just to be able to build that first Death Star, it would have taken quite a bit of money. Uh, Imagine having your own savings in the first empirical intergalactic bank and being told that you couldn't access your funds because it wasn't acquired by the Empire. Uh, Can you imagine uh, going into that bank and being like, "Hi, I'd like to withdraw... Uh, 2,000 empirical credits and the bank would have been like to the nature of due to the nature of, uh, due to the nature of uh, certain empirical uh, requisitions, you're unfortunately unable to uh, withdraw such and such uh, amount of credits. Because uh, you have to think about it. Um, th- these people would have had to have bank accounts. Uh, they would have had to have had some form of money attached in it, it wouldn't just be that the Empire uh, contracted people uh, actually let me phrase it wouldn't be that the Empire would have uh, received loans from other people possibly from the huts uh, possibly from the banking clan that still existed Um Possibly from uh, the scrap sales of the Trade Federation, but I digress. To be able to actually build that particular uh, that particular monument, that is the Death Star, it would have costed uh, it would have cost quite the amount of money uh, just to get it built quickly and quietly. Um, but in the destruction of the Death Star in itself. It would have caused the empire to go into financial meltdown. Um, shares would have... Oh, if there were shares. Shares would have been uh, plummeting. Uh, the, the empire itself would have been going into some form of, of debt uh, to be able to pay back loans because to be able to, to actually build something in general, to be able to build or actually promote any sort of economic growth, uh, the government has to spend money. And some, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the money comes from other loans or other uh, shares from other in- in global investments. So imagine intergalactic investments having to deal with such a tragedy in the eyes of the Empire as the destruction of the Death Star. Uh, many jobs would have to have been, uh, at least uh, in terms of building, building jobs would have had to have been uh, rejected um, until the Empire could stay afloat. Even with the intergalactic empirical army, uh, it still would have uh, left quite a financial taste in the Empire's, and particularly the Emperor's mouth, be- because of how much money and time it took just to build a Death Star and just to have it be uh, destroyed, uh, through an exhaust port. Like, can you imagine being a particular, actually, can you imagine being on, uh, the first day of, of working in the Death Star? It's your first day as a Stormtrooper in the Death Star, and you're in the, in the lines of thinking, oh, it's, it's going to be, uh, great working in the Death Star. There's going to be all these benefits in working in the Death Star, working for the Empire. And then all of a sudden, these uh, rebels start to attack the Death Star and you think, oh, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, the the Empire has all these benefits, including possibly an empirical financial pension for stormtroopers. But could you imagine having to deal with the unfortunate task of being the person to pay out those particular pensions or uh, those death funds because the death star in itself would have had to have had at least a few million people on the death star just to be able to keep it functioning and including uh, the stormtroopers including any imperial generals captains uh, maintenance workers as well as all the different imperial troops Uh, or different levels of military that would have to have been involved. Um, Imagine having to pay all those families, uh, what's rightfully theirs. Um, The empire would have had to have gone into a intergalactic recession of some sorts. Um, Take a look at the global financial crisis that happened uh, many years ago. Uh, People who uh, bought into these particular companies um, who subsequently had to have been fired would also have to have dealt with some form of insurance or income workers insurance, sorry, uh, income protection insurance. Um, imagine the payout of that and not being able to deal with that for years because uh, certain companies' uh, shares would have been invested into certain companies that eventually plummeted because of the value of their shares. Um here where i lived uh, many people actually lost uh, their jobs because um, the global financial crisis here at least here in australia saw the shutting down of of um, of local manufacturing and because certain people lost their jobs uh, they weren't able to actually find any new jobs because their skills uh were mainly in physical production and not anything else um so could you imagine having to uh lose your job because the death star having to be uh actually let me phrase that the construction or the maintenance of of empirical uh tech technology such as the death star uh, would have been lost because of the first destruction of the first death star um, Let's not even get into the second Death Star, because that alone would have put the Empire into some uh, long, long long-term depression. Because just to be able to build that second Death Star, and it wasn't even complete either. Just to be able to build um, that particular Death Star relatively quickly, I might add, would have taken quite a bit of financial negotiations. Um, possibly leading to some heads being uh, torn off, literally and metaphorically speaking. Um, It also would have left um, quite a big question in the motives and the financial dealings of the empire in general. Um, Because particularly with uh, governments, when they do have to spend money to uh, fund certain things, uh, a lot of their money is invested in other shares and other things that would uh give them money in return Uh, but the death stars themselves wouldn't have uh, provided much uh, relief in terms of making any sort of financial gain unless for instance the um the destruction of certain planets would have left uh the intergalactic empire with less people and also with less resources. Um, But what are your thoughts on this, Naked Peeps? Because I'd like to know, particularly if you have had um, some understanding of the Star Wars universe, I'd like to know what your thoughts are because it's it's things like the destruction of the Death Star have got me thinking about how much money would have been lost. Um, But particularly now where... We do have the time to actually think about uh, things like that. I'd like to know what your thoughts are. Now, moving on, I'd like to quickly talk to you all about what's been happening in Melbourne, uh, particularly in Victoria, where the lockdown is still happening, but it looks like the end of uh, the very lengthy uh, chaotic tunnel is uh, close by. Um, So, for those of you who haven't been keeping up with the news... So Melbourne has, and Victoria in general, has been receiving uh, relatively low uh, cases of the virus. Um, my last check, uh, the state had received only 12 cases, which is fantastic. Still, we can't be uh, complacent about it because we want to get those numbers down to zero. But it is relatively good news for Victoria because at least that means that we can ease certain restrictions. Uh, or rather the the Australian government can ease certain restrictions. Um, I'm hoping that those of you who are in Victoria are doing well. Uh, Stay safe. Still uh, do not be complacent about how things are going because we are still relatively at uh, the end of the tunnel, but it's still something we need to be vigilant about. Um, Even now with corona, it's been uh, quite tricky. While here in Australia, we've actually been better off uh, in comparison to uh, a lot of the uh, other Western nations, particularly the US and the UK, um, who have suffered uh, quite high cases of the, the virus in uh, recent weeks. Um, it's still something that we need to be vigilant about. Now, while from my understanding, there is a vaccine of uh, vaccines that have been Tested uh, all over the place. That doesn't mean that we. It's time for us to be complacent. So that means if you are going out, uh, particularly in New South Wales, if you do plan on going out, make sure that you at least have a mask available. I've seen plenty of people around who have been very uh, relaxed about wearing masks and um, social distancing. But please make sure that you are uh, keeping yourself socially distant. Um, at least 1.5 meters um for those of you in melbourne and in the victorian state uh, make sure that you keep up to date with uh what's going on in in terms of what the victorian government is doing um a great job i believe that uh mr andrews is doing because um if i were in that particular position i would probably be doing the same thing now I know a lot of people have been saying something the lines of how um, and by a lot of people I mean uh, a, a small minority of people who have been saying something the lines of oh but it's uh, hurting my rights to be able to do certain things but in reality if we want uh, the world to keep on going if we want to be able to do the things that we love We need to make sure that we are doing the right thing. Um, And a little bit of a lockdown, even if it impedes on your daily uh, operations right now, it's going to work out um, for the better in the long term. Now, that does mean that we have to uh, sacrifice ourselves in terms of what we can and can't do. But it also means that we do have something to look forward to at the end of that tunnel uh, in terms of of what we can do uh, just follow the guidelines of of our governments and just keep going with doing the right thing now i also like to say that as uh the year is getting warmer particularly in australia um it is also time for us to try and go out now Hopefully in Victoria, hopefully the uh, the stage of restrictions lowers, meaning that you can go outside for a little bit because I think we all need to be able to go outside um, and experience the heat of the sun to be able to get that vitamin D going. Um, me personally, I'm looking forward to uh, heading to a couple of clubs, hopefully within uh, the next... Uh, few months as restrictions do ease but please make sure that if you are uh, thinking about going to a club or if you're thinking about going to a nude beach please make sure that you keep yourselves updated with the latest information including things like social distancing any sort of restrictions that a club might have um, and making sure that you have the right information and speaking of which um, I'd like to give a big shout out to everyone at the ANF who uh, have recently uploaded their second video on YouTube um, with all the latest information about certain events and information about certain people and how how they're doing quite recently uh, with COVID. Um, i also like to give a big shout out to everyone who has been trying to email me. Um, for some weird reason, I'm not sure why, um, my Gmail account has been blocking certain accounts. And I'm not sure if it's because um, of a certain setting or because of uh, certain uh, types of email accounts aren't coming through. But for those of you who have been sending in direct messages telling me that they haven't been able to uh, email me or that my, uh, emails haven't been able to uh, get through, I do apologize. i am actually been trying to get on top of what's been going on. Because I know with certain uh, Hotmail accounts and live accounts, uh, for some reason they register as spam and I uh, think with that particular type of email, it just automatically deletes and resends that back. So please, uh, if you have been trying to email me, try and email me again because I've been trying to fix those settings. I'm also trying to make sure that I do get on top of certain emails because I do want to be able to get everyone's uh, perspective and everyone's point of view when it comes to uh, the nudist side of things. Now, today was mostly about the nerdy, but I can guarantee you there's gonna be a mixture of the the two in future episodes. Now, I'm gonna leave it at that, Naked Peeps, but until next episode, please uh, take care. Uh, Make sure that you do the right thing, and as always, Remember to live nude and be yourself and this has been the naked nerd signing out